Tonight it's my privilege to finish off our um, Knowing God by Name series. Um, it seems to have flown by, uh, but it's been wonderful to um, look at some of the names that are given to God in the Old Testament um, that point us to Jesus Christ. Danny did a superb job uh, this morning looking at this revelation of Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, and seeing how it leads us all the way to Jesus. And, and tonight um, I get to finish off with Jehovah Shammah. Um, it's not a, you may have heard Michael Jackson say it, um, but it was in the Bible first. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. Ezekiel 48 and verse 35, the, the very last verse in the long prophetic book, the long mysterious prophetic book of Ezekiel, speaks of a city that's being built. And it says at the very end, the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there, Jehovah Shammah. I'll come back and unpack a little of what that verse means in a moment. But let's just set the scene first. Maybe uh, you have the feeling that God is somehow distant and far from us. If that's the case, and sometimes it can feel like that, please think again. Um, the big story of the Bible shows us that God is deliberately present and deliberately involved in leading his creation and his people. Um, so much so that one of the names that is given to God is the God who is there, the God who is present, Jehovah Shammah. A quick recap through the Lord was there right in the beginning in the Garden of Eden um, with Adam and Eve. They walked and talked with him in the cool of the evening. Around about this time, I can see trees of, uh, of Tilgate Forest outside of my window. It's the kind of point of the day where the Lord would walk and talk in the trees in the garden. The Lord who was there, the Lord was there with Jacob. Genesis 28, he had a vision uh, of the Lord descending and angels ascending and descending. He woke up the next morning and said, the Lord was there. I, I never even knew it. I wasn't aware of it. The Lord was there as Moses encountered a bush that burned but was not consumed in Exodus 3, 2. It was the Lord who was present in the fire. Uh, the Lord said to him uh, through the burning bush, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. Why was it holy ground? It wasn't special soil that Moses was uh, walking on. It was holy because the Lord was there and he was revealing himself. The Lord was there with his people as they um, came out of slavery in Egypt and began to move to the promised land through the wilderness. Exodus 13, 21, for many years they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night in front of the people, going ahead of them, a visible symbol of his beautiful presence. The Lord was there in Exodus 19:18. He came down onto Mount Sinai and invited Moses to come up to the top of the mountain to meet him, the Lord who is there. The Lord was there in the tabernacle, this tent that the people built in the wilderness to somehow meet with God in. He gave them special instructions to construct this elaborate worship gazebo. And Exodus 30, uh, 40, 34, it says the glory cloud of the presence of God came down. It covered and filled the tent of meeting so Moses couldn't even enter. He is the God who is there. He's the God who is present. And through the narrative of the Bible, God's people drifted in and out of his presence. If you read the stories, you just find every generation, they seem to turn in and turn back away from his leadership, rebelling time and time again. At the time of Samuel and the judges, it, it says they even lost the ability to hear his voice and to know his voice and to recognize his work. They were his people, but they drifted so far. But God called out to Samuel. And God calls out in every generation to say, I'm present, 
I'm with you. And the flow of the story shows God gathering for himself a people where he will be present amongst them. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is present. So even when we're not listening, God is speaking. Even when we've got our backs turned, God is drawing near. He's longing to be present with men and women like you and me that he's made in his image. Later on under King Solomon, the, the tent of meeting was replaced finally by a temple made of beautiful cut and dressed stones. This now is the new place. Surely God would dwell with his people here forever. And they had all these elaborate rules to regulate the approach of imperfect, sinful people to come near to the God who is present. And so you were told, don't touch, don't come near, don't go there, don't even look, don't go through that curtain, um, don't enter that room. Only certain people at certain times and certain places were able to have access to God's presence. And they thought, I guess at the time, this is, the, this is it. This is the fulfillment of Jehovah Shammah, the God who is present. Here he is inside behind this curtain in the inner room, the Holy of Holies in the temple. But hey, they rebelled again. God sent them into exile. It was like leaving the Garden of Eden. All over again, again, they were sent away from the place of God's presence. And, and so that Ezekiel verse I, I read comes into our context now. He writes a prophetic picture for God's people who are away from the city of Jerusalem, away from the temple, in exile, in Babylon. And he gives them a picture of a new temple, a greater temple, um, to give them hope of his presence once again being with them. And, and so before Ezekiel 48, there's chapter after chapter on instructions for the, the size and the scale of the, the temple, a, a, a river of God's presence that's going to flow into the city. And it finishes up by saying the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. The, the amazing thing uh, about this Ezekiel temple is that it was never built. Um, something lesser was built. But the prophecy here in Ezekiel speaks of something far greater to come with regard to the presence of God. The, the people came back from exile. They came back to Jerusalem. You can read in Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, and the, the foundations for a new temple were laid and a new temple was built. Is this the fulfillment of God's presence with his people? You read in, uh, in Ezra 3, I think it is, the older people who were there at the foundation laying of the new temple, but remembered the glory of the former temple. It says they wept. I, I'm sure they were happy to be back, but oh, the scale and the beauty of this new temple was nothing in comparison to the former glory of the old one. Later on, the prophet Haggai promises prophetically the glory of the last house that is built for the Lord will be greater than the former glory. They haven't seen anything like it yet. I think King David understood it. He spoke even before the temples were built. Uh, but he sang and prophesied things like, Oh God, where can I go from your presence? If I, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. He knew something of God's heart to be with us, not through tents and temples and fire and smoke, but in a deeper living way. I think David was prophesying ahead about the God who is there to the, the fulfillment of this promise. And for you and I tonight in Crawley or wherever you're watching this around the world, we need to know, like David knew, God is present. God is here. God is immersed and invested in humanity. He hasn't withdrawn. Though we've turned away, though we've all gone astray, he pursues us with his presence. And so this big narrative of the Bible points us to God himself coming. 
coming to those who are his own, coming to rescue, coming to be present. It was never supposed to be limited to, to one city, one temple, one ethnic group. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God wants every tribe and nation and, and, and color of skin and language group to experience and know his presence and know that with them together he's forming this beautiful new community. And so Jesus came. That's what all this points towards. God present. Jesus is called Emmanuel. Jehovah Shammah was the revelation to Ezekiel. The revelation to us is Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. If you ever have doubted God's commitment to us, Jesus came. Jesus Christ being here on planet Earth is the answer. And his arrival begins to open up all the greater promises that began in the Garden of Eden, which Ezekiel longed for, that the temple hinted at. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's an incredible promise. I think last Sunday or the Sunday before we looked at the ascension where Jesus ascended into heaven. He left his disciples. Did he break the promise saying he'd never leave them or forsake them? No, he sent his Holy Spirit. He sent his, his presence, the promised river that was coming to God's people. Now God himself is present here, there with each one who is in Christ. Now there's access for everyone to God's presence. Now there's freedom to come to him. Now all of those who believe in Jesus are invited where Moses couldn't go, um, right into the presence of God, to, to boldly come into the throne room. On the day that Jesus died on the cross, maybe you uh, are familiar with the story of his execution uh, on the cross outside of the city, but it says down in the temple, the place where uh, the religion uh, was kept and the rules were kept. It says the curtain that kept everyone out of the holy place of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The way to the inner court of the temple was opened up for all who are in Jesus Christ. He's the God who is present. So now instead of having to perform all the rules, now instead of coming to a building, Jesus comes to live in each of us by his spirit. Oh, and, and thank you, Jesus, that you do. Otherwise, this online church thing wouldn't really work very well. We, we wouldn't be able to do church without a building. We'd be petitioning the government to open up our church buildings. We'd have to have sacred spaces. But we welcome a God who's present with us now by his spirit. This, this body, this body, yours that you look at and feel now, that you look at in the mirror uh, every morning, and either feel really happy about or, or, or a little bit nervous about after a few weeks of, of lockdown. This body becomes a temple where God himself is present. Oh, it's a scandalous thought. Uh, there's a story in John's Gospel, John chapter 2. Jesus looked at the massive temple and he preached to the crowd there. And remember, this is their building, their temple. They're so proud of it. He said, I'm going to tear this down and in three days I'm going to build it up again. They, they thought he was absolutely mad, but he was speaking about something far greater. They, they'd spent over 40 years trying to build this temple in Jesus's time. They still hadn't finished it. And, and he says, I'm going to tear it down in three days and build a new one. Now he was speaking about something amazing through his death and resurrection. John chapter two says he was speaking of his body. Later, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and says, don't you know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, your body, my body. Hey, church, we should be careful what we put in these bodies what we eat, what we drink, what we give ourselves to, what we watch. Ephesians 2.22 says of the church of Jesus Christ collectively that we are being built together to become a dwelling place where God lives by his spirit, the God who is there. 
The gathered church then becomes the place where God lives and makes himself known. Hey, friends, are you getting this? Jesus has torn down every lesser temple and he's given us a new one, a greater one. He's the God who is present. He now dwells in each one of us and together with us as we gather as his church. He's present with us whenever, wherever, however we gather. We, we always, ever since I was a boy, I've been in little prayer meetings where only two or three are gathered. And we say, oh, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. It's a beautiful truth. And it's absolutely true. And it's even true in these situations where we're socially distant from one another because he is the God who's present by his spirit. You are connected to him, with him, and connected to his church, his body. Even if you haven't seen physically or embraced another brother or sister in the church for almost three months. He's present with us by his spirit as we're scattered all around Crawley. He's as present with us today as he was with the fire and the smoke by day and night with the people of Israel. As surely as they carried the tabernacle from place to place through the desert. So this tabernacle that is your body and my body carries the living presence of Jesus into every situation and circumstance. Every single day of your life because he's the God who is present. As surely as the temple became the place where the God of glory fell and inhabited with his presence. So this church is now called a greater temple, the one the old bricks in Jerusalem pointed towards, the one that David and Solomon and Ezekiel dreamed about, the Spirit of God indwelling his gathered church, empowering her, helping her, purifying her, leading her, strengthening her, enabling her to live as a light to the nations, to gather others to the one at the very centre of it all, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I know at home you'll be shouting that out right now. Wow. Revelation 21.3, and we'll move to a conclusion here. Revelation is right at the end of our Bibles, and it tells us this is not the end. In fact, it's just the end of the beginning. Um, the goal of this glorious church inhabited by Jesus is to look forward to a day when all, the, all these pictures and images of the temple will be fulfilled. When Jesus himself comes down out of heaven, when he establishes his new heaven on earth, and when a multitude from every racial background, every language gathers around Jesus. Where like Adam and Eve in the beginning, we see and we worship face to face. Where at last all our groanings, all our longings, all our thirst for his presence in the confusion and the pain of life finally get consummated. Now the dwelling place of God is with man, it says at the end of Revelation. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will be their God and they will be his people and he will be with them forever. Oh yeah, that, that is an amazing truth. Forever the God who is present. Not just at a bush here or a tent there or an exciting Sunday night church meeting here, but forever fully present. Friends, church, here on Facebook, this is the story we're in. This is the God who is present now and today and forever. This is the sure and certain hope that he's drawing us into. I don't know about you, but as we respond tonight, I want to invite him to be present afresh in this temple. And in this temple of the gathered church, our lives together. And in this uh, this as we carry his presence out into the town and the lives that we live uh, around us. This is a temple without walls. This temple has hands and feet. They look like your hands and they look like your feet. You and I are the ones that get to carry 
his presence. It's remarkable that our first three months of the year before we knew about the coronavirus, we preached through a series called Scattered Servants, where we spoke about the, the Bible's impetus to carry his presence out of the four walls of the church. And here we are, church, getting to put it into practice, living temples, carrying his life-giving presence. The, the ground around the burning bush was declared holy, remember, because God was present there. Now we carry his presence. Now we make every part of the ground we stand on holy through our lives. Every part of society and culture and creation that we're active in as spirit-filled believers. Wow, we begin to influence with his presence. It's about so much more than just being saved and having our ticket to heaven. This is our story, our mission, the assignment that we're caught up in to carry his presence. Wow. I'm just going to invite you, if you're able to, to stand with me and to pray together to welcome the God who is here, the God who is present. Hey, even in lockdown, some of you are still shielding. Some of you have got friends and family members and neighbours who are afraid even now to come out. It's going to take time for life to come back to normal. Oh, what a beautiful message of hope this is to have a God who is present. Do you remember the Jesus uh, who was resurrected from the dead and appeared to his disciples in a locked room. <laughs> He's a God who is present. He can come to you right now. He can come to those you're praying for right now. Those who are on your heart right now. Even those we can't visit, we can pray his presence into their lives and their situations. Why don't you lift your hands with me just around your, your homes, over on Facebook. Lord Jesus, we want to be filled. We receive your presence. You're so welcome here. Lord, I recognise that you say my body is a temple. <laughs> what a crazy, outrageous statement to make, unless it's true. And by faith, I believe it's true because your scripture says so. Oh God, I repent of everything that I've done to clutter up this temple with old junk and rubbish. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Would you fill me? Would you make me fit for your purpose to carry your beautiful presence out into the world? Hey, maybe there's just one person watching tonight who's not yet a follower of Jesus. For you, I'm just encouraging you right now, turn to him. Hear his voice for the first time. Know that he's come to save you from your sins. Know that he's come to bring you into his presence for eternity, starting today. If that's you tonight, I want to encourage you just to get in touch with us and let us know so we can pray with you. And for the rest of us, Lord, we just ask you right now to fill us with your spirit, to overflow. May we be your hands and your feet. May we carry your presence. Lord, we think about our week this week, whether our, our movement is limited to the boundaries of our properties or whether we are out and about in workplaces and, and, and schools and um, with neighbours and friends. May we carry your presence to every place of hurt, every place of brokenness, every place of fear, every place of injustice. God, we want to lean into the mission of the Holy Spirit. You're present in order to completely reorder society through us. And so, Jesus, may we make you known this week as we serve and care and work and do family life and friendship. Fill us with your transforming presence and build something glorious through us, we pray in Jesus' name.